Expect the best, plan for the worst, and prepare to be surprised. That quotes from Dennis Waitley. Welcome to Episode 80, The Basics of Project Management. Welcome back to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ansell. We're moving in to Episode 80, The Basics of Project Management. So what kind of things do you need to know? What kind of skills do you need to have for project management? Starting out with the basics, communication and organization are critical skills to master. Then comes planning, schedules, resources, logistics, identifying team members, and knowing your product or project lifecycle. All that stuff sounds complicated and overwhelming. But if you break it down, let's start with knowing the vision or the goal of the project. For any project, you should know what you're attempting to accomplish. What are your objectives? If you don't know that, Go back to the person that assigned the project to you or asked you to take that project on. Try to understand the basics. What are we trying to achieve by completing this project? Once you know the what, it wouldn't hurt to know the why. From there, how much time do I have? What's my schedule? What's my budget? How much funding do I have? Then, you can start to lay out a project plan. The plan can be in written form, or you can run it through a scheduling tool such as MS Project. Going back to some of the basics, there are terms such as tasks, objectives, communication plans, logistics, and then how about reporting? What type of reporting is needed for your project? What frequency will you report out? Do you report internally to your management and to the company that you work for? Or will you also report out externally to your end customer, the paying customer? If so, what frequency? Will there be different modes, different types, such as email, perhaps once or twice a week, followed by a weekly meeting? These are all good questions to ask and to better understand what your objectives are for your company as well as for the end customer. Basics in project management typically include managing time, money, which is the budget, resources, and the scope. The scope is what you're attempting to accomplish. Scope should have bounds, meaning here are the tasks, the activities, the processes we're going to follow, and everything else outside of that, we are not going to allow to be part of the project. The reason I bring that up, because even with the basics of project management, something can happen, if you're not aware, called scope creep. It basically means that your focus is on getting to that goal, getting to that finish line. But all of a sudden, little stragglers, little bits and pieces of other tasks, other requests, are coming in. Without recognizing it, they're attaching themselves to your project and possibly being a source of distraction, 
They certainly can be a time consumer, and they certainly can require money or budget to be completed. You need to determine if that scope is to be part of your project or if it's creep, and you need to go to the source of that scope request and state, okay, we'll review your case and we'll accept that scope, or that was really not part of this project and we're not planning to support that this time. Perhaps on the next round of projects, that could be included in a different one. Now, I want to spend a little bit of time on that because if you're new to project management, you may have the natural tendency to want to please your customers. That means listening to and possibly accepting their requests. It's natural that you want to satisfy your customers and even exceed their expectations. That's what a great project manager does. Not only meets, but exceeds expectations. However, wanting to please or wanting to accept everyone's request is not a good way to start out. You can certainly listen to them and entertain their request, but drive yourself back to the basics. What are the goals or visions for this project? And what is the particular scope, the focus of my project that I'm working on? If the requests fit into that category and you can accomplish it on time and on budget, you could certainly consider it. But if it causes you to deviate, increase the spending, or come in late to your timeline or deadline, you certainly want to reconsider that and discuss that with them. Now, since you're learning the basics of project management, there's someone that assigned you the project or requested you take this on. Typically, that person would be called a stakeholder. A stakeholder is someone that has interest in your project and wanting to see it through to successful completion. If you need to, and you get a number of requests which could potentially be scope creep, even if they're of benefit to the project, you might want to check in with your stakeholder or stakeholders to see if they would be willing to accept that additional scope. They're likely to ask you several questions, including what is your remaining budget? Are you on track with your spending? How are you performing to your schedule? And do you see any roadblocks or critical challenges ahead? Project management, while it can be complex, can be broken down into bite-sized pieces or basics. The biggest thing that I would like to share that I did at the beginning of this show, communication and organization are the more critical skills to master. The most important thing in communication is hearing what isn't said. That quote came from Peter Drucker. I'll say it again. The most important thing in communication is hearing what isn't said. That's important on at least two fronts. One, in listening to conversations, pick up on what is focused on, but also the words that are avoided. Why were those specific words used? And why were other certain words avoided? The same goes for contractual language. If you receive a contract or a purchase order from a customer, 
read through that contract. You can work with your legal department if you have one. And be very critical of specific words in your contract or purchase order documentation. You need to know all that is in there, which is regarding the schedule, the budget, the scope, but specifically what isn't there. As you start to build your project management expertise, you'll start to realize some purchase orders, some contracts, some scope documents have more definition and more details than others. You'll start to recognize the absence of some of the language that other companies or customers use, and you'll start to learn and recognize the presence of other specific statements. If a contract or purchase order, for example, makes contradictory statements, that needs clarification also, because that could become a legal nightmare down the road. One example would be something called a DOR, or Division of Responsibility. DORs define who has responsibility for that action or for that service, or for that resource for that matter. If someone's to bring lighting, that will be defined. The type, the quantity, maybe even the power needs for that lighting would be defined. Would that be on the customer because you're traveling to their facility? Would that be on you and your company, the ones they hired? Or has the customer agreed to farm that out to a third party that they'll hire and fund? So again, the DOR is Division of Responsibility, and they're typically in a small chart or matrix form, and you'd simply have the definition of what that responsibility is, followed by a checkmark or an X to state who that belongs to and who's responsible to fulfill that. What I was mentioning earlier was talking about contradiction of terms or contradiction of meaning. If there's too much content in a single DOR item, it's possible that the checkmark for responsibility could be on you and your company and also on the customer, meaning that you would split some of those responsibilities. That can become confusing. It'd be better to break out that box, for example, into smaller boxes that have more clear responsibilities and then split those out that would be assigned to you and your company to perform and those assigned to the customer or to the customer's third party that would be supplying those resources or materials. One thing I didn't talk about with the basics of project management is something called risk management. Yes, another management term. Risk management is when you look ahead in the project to try to identify situations that could occur that could cause challenges or problems for you and the project. Those problems may affect you and your company, the ones hired to project manage something, or those problems may impact the customer, or both. The biggest thing about risk mitigation that I see is that it's typically performed in a static manner. What I mean by that is that a group of people will get together and hold a risk management meeting and discussion. A bunch of risks will be identified. You might want to note down during that meeting who brought up that risk or that concern. Then you talk about ways to mitigate, to reduce, 
or to possibly eliminate that risk from your project. One example would be you're transporting something and you're going to use a known pathway to get from the manufacturing facility to the customer's location. There's one main bridge that is typically used for this transportation. A risk could be that there's an accident so that the transportation could be delayed or that the bridge is closed for repair or maintenance. You would want to mitigate that risk by not being able to deliver your completed product to the customer. So in order to mitigate that, you need to look at alternative transportation plans. Are there other roadways that you can safely travel with your load to get it to the customer? Is an option to fly it in if it's a critical project and a critical need for that resource? So just thinking about those um, possible situations that could arise, those challenges, if you will, that really gets you to brainstorm with a group of people and write down potential risks for a project. You'll keep a note on who brought up that risk, so you can go back to them if you need to get further details or understanding. You want to write down what mitigation plans there are to, again, reduce or possibly eliminate, if possible, that risk from occurring. And then, hey, if you have to apply that risk mitigation plan, what are the costs? What are the schedule impacts? Is that something that you and your company, as part of the project plan, will manage and will be responsible for? Or, through the contract or purchase order, do you have a way to go back to the customer and ask them for additional funding or schedule extension? These are great questions to think of, and the more you generate with thoughts and concerns for challenges, the better off you'll be. From there, you'll figure out the probability and the level of impact Is it probable, is it likely that the bridge is going to be closed or there's going to be an accident at the time we're planning to move this uh, manufactured product? What's the history? You could actually take, um, do some research and take a look and see how frequently that bridge is open and how frequently it's closed. Is it closed for maintenance? Are there scheduled plans for maintenance for that bridge, for example? What's the likelihood of accidents that have happened? Also, what time of year will it be? Sometimes bridges are reduced in their travel lanes due to weather conditions. They might go down from four lanes to two, possibly one-way traffic only, depending on what's happened to the bridge and the size and capacity of the bridge in certain weather conditions. These are just some good things for thought. But what I brought up earlier was about Static risk management, when you have a meeting such as the one we discussed, and you brainstorm all these ideas and come up with potential um, risk mitigating plans or solutions. The concern I have, though, is as you are starting out as a project manager, don't just call it a check mark, right? Don't just check the box saying that you held the risk management meeting or the risk mitigation meeting and created a risk uh, mitigation table. That's not good enough. I'd recommend you actively and dynamically manage your risks, going back to that table, looking at what were some of the challenges that were raised for risks, how many of them have you realized or have become issues, once they became issues, what did you do to resolve them, and then as the project progresses, continue to look into the future 
to determine what additional risks there may be. Keep that risk management or risk register, as it's called, risk management tool or document, open. Keep it active and dynamic. Continue to modify it. If you realize that bridge that we're talking about is going to be closed, you need to have backup plans in place. Those may or may not be on your risk management document, and you may need to hold additional meetings to brainstorm. You may need to get your logistics or heavy haul transportation department involved. Perhaps your transportation department focuses on roadway travel. If you have a larger company, perhaps you have air travel as options, such as flying a component from airport to airport or potentially using a helicopter. Don't get me wrong. These other ideas can be extremely costly. There's a certain type of airplane out there called an Antonov. Their starting price for using them for transportation is at $1 million. Yes, you heard me right, $1 million. And you typically use them, unless it's planned, as an emergency effort to get something that's of critical nature, of critical need, to a facility, and that could be internationally. Depending on how far they have to fly and how critical the load is, your price starts at a million and goes up from there. Due to the plane's size, the number of engines, the plane's weight, it can only travel for certain distances and then has to touch down for refueling. Due to its size, this Antonov airplane can only land at certain airports as well because they have to have lengthy runways for both landing as well as takeoff to get up to speed. So, depending what kind of project management you're doing and where you are in the basics of project management, you need to know there's many options out there when you plan your projects. But the critical thing is to know your scope, to understand your goals and vision of the project, to know what you will allow and what you will not, how you're doing on your budget, how you're doing on your schedule, keeping the customer in mind when you communicate, both internally, that is, and externally to the end customer, and that you have some form of risk management or risk log. I went through a lot today, but just touching on a few pieces of each just to get you some ideas for the basics of project management. If you are considering it, maybe this podcast helped you to consider moving forward with your education and going and getting a certification. If you're already involved in project management, maybe it gave you some food for thought and challenged the way that you're doing things, potentially ways that you could improve your process. Thank you for listening to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. This has been Episode 80, The Basics of Project Management. We're always open to your feedback and would be happy to hear from you at Craig Ansell, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Have a wonderful week ahead. I will talk to you next week. Peace.